0: Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price with the most popular outdoor shades. And transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with the light filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, Blinds.com is offering up to 35% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Go to the link in our show notes to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's the link in our show notes for up to 35% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. Best. Now here's the best. Stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there, all you state-tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back. And guess what, guys? Football tonight, if you're listening on Thursday, the day that the show airs, we're almost into the regular season we only got about four or five more weeks. You know, it just seems just like yesterday. Tom Brady was winning the, the Super Bowl um, for the Buccaneers. But, um, yeah, I'm starting to get excited about football. Going to talk a little Carson Wentz. Um, you know, kind of giving it to the, the Eagles is my conspiracy theory. I'll be talking about that. And, and possible replacements for the Colts to help uh, cover while Carson is out. But before we get into the show, um, head over to StayTunedSports.net. That way, you can follow all of our social media accounts. It's on the right-hand side: our Twitter, our our Facebook. I gotta update some of them, Um, like you know, Google Music or whatever it used to be. Uh, I still have I have that on there. I gotta update that. But um, definitely follow us there because you know, especially the Facebook page um, for Friday nights. When we have the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series over on YouTube, uh, which is presented by uh, 3Y TV. They do an awesome job with the, the commentating and everything, and as, as well as the races, too. The racers, too. They put a hell of a show on um, every week. Uh, and also, head over to slash stsports in case you, you want to help support the show, um, you can buy me a, a coffee or, or I think I have it set up for a beer. Um, especially with football season coming, you know, coming up. I'll be having a lot of lot of beers watching the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't know how don't know how the season's gonna go. I think next week I'm gonna start my um, too early to predict you know games for the season. But um but yeah so jumping right into this show. Last week, last Friday, uh, the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Series was at Kansas and pretty good show, pretty good race. Um, Andrew Himmelman won the pole, took the Buck Kicker Challenge, and ended up winning the race. So he ended up winning the Buck Kicker Challenge. I believe that is only the second time this year that a racer was able to complete the challenge, which is if you win the pole, you have the option to either take the challenge or not. If you do take the challenge, you start in the back of the field, no matter how many cars are back there, and you have to work yourself all the way up to the front uh, to win it. And like I said, Andrew Himmelman was able to complete the, the Buck Kicker Challenge and pretty dominant performance once again. Um, just to show you how dominant it was, uh, as far as the Buck Kicker Challenge. He got up to the front. He got up to, to uh, the first spot within the first 25 laps. Um, I mean, that's that's impressive. I don't care if there's 15, 20 cars, or 40 or 50 cars. I mean, 25 laps, going 150, 160 miles an hour, and trying to not get wrecked or trying to avoid wrecks. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, a lot of there was a couple of weird wrecks though. And the one that just screamed netcode, you know, we talk about netcode every week uh, with iRacing, um, was Doug Neal. had a a really nasty wreck who is also in the chase. um, I believe after this race, the chase gets dropped down to the top seven racers. And, I mean, there was clear space between him and another driver, probably a good foot or two of uh space and still spun him out smashed him into the wall you know but luckily he's he's locked into the next round um, I believe and even on the the, the broadcast uh, drew Eisman even brought up you know that's one of his best uh, big pet peeves and you know, probably a, a big pet peeve of, of, of a lot of racers that you think you know eye racing should be able to figure out this net code by now. Or at least make it a little bit not so obvious something like that I mean I understand it's hard to figure out where two trucks or three trucks are gonna be all at one time because of internet connections and different um, reasons that go into it but you think you know by this point you know racing starting to get bigger you know especially with NASCAR uh, running some I racing races uh, last year during during the pandemic. You think they, they were able to, to figure this all out by now? But like I said, luckily though, he's moving on to the next round. Um, one really good battle, which was up front for I would say probably a good five ten laps, um, was JT Pool, Andrew Himmelman, and uh, Matt Cherry. I mean. That was uh, definitely a, a fun one to watch. Um, JT was passing Matt Cherry you know, every other lap or so, but Matt Cherry would, would get it back, trying to catch up to Himmelman, sometimes going three wide into the turn. like There was a couple times I thought for sure all three were going to be taken out uh, because it's, they're racing so close to each other. Um, I know I've talked about Chris Darling past couple weeks. Hopefully, he could uh break the, the bad luck that he's been having, but unfortunately this past week, not so well. Um not sure what happened on the one lap he was uh, involved with. He just it just it just looked like I don't know if his wheel disconnected or something, but he just went straight into the wall. By the time he realized he was heading there, um he tried to look like uh readjust himself, but by that point it was too late and just spun and, and had a lot of damage to his truck which eventually made him go a couple laps down I believe he still finished like 17th though and was able to move on to the next round um there wasn't many cautions during the the race I think maybe 3 or 4 but they were early on in the race so there was a lot of uh, green lap uh, green flag laps going on and you know I know some people like, like myself. When I first started to get tie racing, I used to just get into it to watch for the the wrecks, because you know the wrecks, the you know, pretty cool. I mean, I, I won't lie. I mean, being a being a, a simulator, um, trucks getting flown up in the air, or uh, like like the I believe it was the first race. I mean, the uh, the one race car uh, truck driver just shot up to the moon and never came back down like just weird cool looking wrecks like that and that's what kind of got me into it but then also start to learn a little bit and to the point that i'm, I'm seriously considering about getting into it you know getting into iRacing just gotta get the man cave done first i'm working on that i know you guys have probably been hearing me talk about that for a year or two now but it, it's coming it's getting there um as far as the STS truck, James Lorello, he came in fourth place. He's locked in, obviously, uh, to the next round. I believe he's in second though. With Andrew winning this one, Andrew jumped him and knocked him out of the first spot. Um, this upcoming weekend, this Friday, they're at the Milwaukee Mile um, over on YouTube, 9:30 Eastern Time uh, on 3Y TV. And normally, I pick my my three racers to watch. Um. really, I'm only going to pick two uh, this week because it, in a way, it feels like this is going to come down to Andrew and, and James Lorello at, in the end. You know, I'm not writing off the other guys. I'm not trying to disrespect them or anything, but Andrew's been on fire for the past five, six weeks or whatever, and so has James. James has seemed like to pick up he, he picked up the pace compared to the beginning of the year and these guys are definitely battling out for the championship. And so both those guys I, I think are gonna put a, a, a hell of a race on uh, this weekend. Um, also, before we go to our next segment though for any drivers out there looking to join a league, uh, make sure you contact the NSRA League's Facebook page. As well as if you have a business or a podcast and you would like to sponsor races or some type of um, award or something like that. Make sure you head over to the NSRA Facebook page, send them a message, and they can give you the information or answer any of your questions that you may have. Earlier in the week, Carson Wentz has gotten hurt. Surprise, surprise. Um, I believe it was like Monday or Tuesday it happened. They said that he was rolling out to do a pass and he felt a twing in his foot. Um, the reports start to come out that he could either opt for rest and see how it goes or get surgery and be out multiple weeks. Now, before I get into the trade replacements, it just... I know I'm being, you know, probably a typical Eagles fan saying Wentz is trying to screw us, the snap, but just found it really weird that he comes out and says he's going to rest it, see how it goes, and then go from there and decide what he wants to do, and then the next day he says, nope, doing surgery. I mean, it's not going to get better in one day. Jesus, dude. But as far as the um, surgery, he's going to be out five to 12 weeks. Now... As far as the Eagles, when they traded Wentz to Indy, they got a second-round conditional draft pick, which the condition was if Wentz played 75% of the offense snaps um, in the regular season, that second-rounder would turn into a first-rounder. Or, if he played 70% of... the the snaps, and the Colts made the playoffs, it would also turn into a first-round draft pick. Now, obviously, if he is out more towards the 12-week side, and obviously he's not going to hit the the 70% mark. I mean, there's 18 games this this year, or 18 weeks this year, um, I believe 17 games. You know, the only way Philly's going to be able to have a chance at this first-round draft pick is if he comes back week five, maybe even week six, but even by that point, it's really going to be hard to um, get that first round draft pick. But still, I mean, hey, a second round pick, you, you still find some good players in the second round. You know, you look at the Eagles history in the second round, you know, LeSean McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. Um, you had some good picks in the second round that turned out better than the first round draft picks. But so obviously, soon as he got hurt, the speculation started: Are the Colts going to trade for somebody? You know, they got a bunch of young quarterbacks that, let's be honest, probably are not going to win many games if they are filling in for Carson. Um, so it got me thinking—you know—thinking you know, thinking about what what quarterbacks can the Colts go after in a trade. Free agent-wise, there's really not much out there. You know, you got RG3, but he's thinking about getting into the broadcast booth. Um, you have Blake uh, Blake Bortles, which I don't think would be a bad pickup. You know, he's not going to win, you, you know, 12 straight games to till Wentz comes back. But I don't think he's also going to lose 12 straight games. You know, all he would have to do is just manage the game and Frank Wright showed that he's a very good offensive minded coach and even with Phillip Rivers last year towards the end there when Rivers was hurt, he was able to kind of cater the offense around that and still be a good team. So I I think he would also be able to do the same with Bortles if they went that route instead of the, the trade route. And then I also did see yesterday um, rumors coming out that Phillip Rivers would be open to a a midseason comeback if needed to the Colts. Now, obviously, I, I don't think the Colts would be open to a mid-season, but if they were able to lure him out even two weeks into the season, maybe, maybe the Colts go with, with these young guys, see what they could do. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe they find their Tom Brady. I'm not saying they're going to, but Maybe they, they could run off six, seven week uh, wins or get blown out the first two weeks and then give Philip Rivers a call and say, you know what, bud? We'll give you X amount of dollars, double your pay from last week. Can you just come back and hold the fort down till Carson comes back and then be a backup for the rest of the year? I, I wouldn't rule that out either. You know, he's not going through a training camp, so he's, he's been resting. All, any injuries that he had last year probably are healed so I think that would be the only three options that they would look at in free agency now as far as trades this is just funny if this this one were, were to happen obviously Nick Foles you know he's really only good in Philly at least if you look at his career St. Louis, granted, he had Jeff Fisher, um, just wasn't good. Bears, he's all the way down to the third string quarterback now. Um, Jacksonville, in his defense, was just a trash team. I, I You could put Tom Brady on that team, and I, I don't think it would have been any good, any any better even. Um, it was just a trash team. But if you look at Foles, though, Frank Wright was with the Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl which was when Nick Foles got the MVP in the Super Bowl but the thing is I don't think Carson would sign off on it I think it would cause so many more problems than it would be worth and that's why I think if if Nick Foles was the only one uh, quarterback left out there that was available to trade for if I was the Colts, I'd rather go with the, the young guys, either scrap the season or go the Phillip Rivers route because you already have Carson's bloated contract on your books. You bring Nick Foles in. I I believe he's getting four million this year and like eight next year. Yes, four million dollars for a quarterback like Foles, I think is a steal. But then you go into the rest of the season with Carson looking over his shoulder again. Especially if Foles plays as well as he did with Philly when Frank Wright was the offense coordinator. And it was the Colts due then. Do they give Carson the team back? Or do you stay with the high hand? You know, you've you, you shown that you... Um, want to win now by trading for Carson for a, a good quarterback and giving up all that draft you know the draft picks the, the second you know possibly the first with a third round draft pick um, so you don't want to regress by maybe giving Carson the offense back and then playing bad and if he does play bad will Nick Foles be able to regain that magic that, that momentum that he would have earlier in the season, so I, 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 I don't see Foles going to the Colts, but out of these um, three pick, uh, three quarterbacks I have here, he's the best option if they could pull it off somehow. The other one, which uh, this other option, which I, I think would be the more suitable one, if they could pull off the compensation, would be Marcus Mariota. He's not a bad quarterback. I, I really don't think he is. I think he was just in a a bad situation, a wrong situation in Tennessee. I mean, he played good with the Raiders when he came in. You know, we played um, against the Rams. He had a couple touchdowns or 200 yards passing. And again, Frank Wright has shown he knows what he's doing. So he'd be able to, to cater the offense around Mariota. Now, the problem with Mariota being with the Raiders, he just restructured his contract to more of a team-friendly contract. You're going to have to unload picks, and probably a player. But now you're back into, you just gave up three draft picks for Carson Wentz. So how do you pull it off? I, uh, you know... If they could pull it off, though. I, I think that would be definitely a huge upgrade over, over the, the young quarterbacks they have right now on the team. And then this other quarterback, which you're all gonna probably laugh at me, I guess, in a way, um, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, why not? I mean, again, with Chicago, maybe that offense wasn't the right, you know, offense for him, even though. In 50 career starts, he's 29 and 21 with a Pro Bowl. Now he's he's backing up Josh Allen right now with Buffalo. So again, he's going to be kind of same situation as Marcus Mariota, where you're going to have to load draft picks, a lot of them, because if he gets traded to the Colts, who is going to be Allen's backup if he's hurt? I mean, do you trade one of those young kids to the Bills? But also Josh Allen is still young, so it'd be kind of pointless to bring young quarterbacks in unless you're hoping to, to groom them and be able to flip them for future draft picks. But those are like my... The only three quarterbacks that really stood out to me that would possibly be options if the Colts could pull off the trade. I don't see Foles going... Just because, like I said, it'll be more drama than what's worth to bring him in for, even if it is the 12 weeks. Um, I think Mariota would be the best option. But again, I think the perfect option would be to try a week or two with these young guys. If they do good, you roll with them till Wentz comes back. If they don't do good. You give Philip Rivers a call. This next segment is our combat corner segment, which is sponsored by Betangles. Live scores, odds, and the best expert picks every day. Start winning today at betangles.com. So we got UFC 266 this weekend. Some people are not too excited about it. And I mean, you know, okay, it's it's not. You know, John Jones versus Dieppe, or, or Conor McGregor's not on it. But the fight between Derek Lewis and Surreal Gang, I think is going to be a good fight. And I think someone's getting knocked out. Anytime there's a good knockout, it's a good card. And that's not only the only fight on the card. Um, we also have Jose Aldo and Pedro Munez, who is the co main event. We got Michael. Chisei versus Vincent LeCou. You have Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. And yes, I am pronouncing this name the right way. Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny in the Bantamweight division. So I mean, other than maybe this first fight is gonna be just like a blah, like a filler fight, those other four fights I think are gonna be pretty good fights. You know. Especially Tisha, uh, Tisha Torres and Angela Hill, they had a little bit of a little beef on, on Twitter, I believe, and I think they were supposed to fight a few months ago, but uh, I believe Tisha Torres um, test positive for COVID, so that's why they reschedule it to the, this weekend. Um, so running through the fight uh, card here, like I said, starting off the the fight is Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. Um, I remember watching Song like one fight or two fights and he was pretty good this Casey Kenny I don't remember really seeing him so that's why I'm going with Song here Um, Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill in the women's strawberry division listen Angela Hill is my girl I'm always going to go with her she's like I I think as far as the women's division leads has the most strikes in history in, in the women's division at one point last year, I think she was fighting three four times a year. You know, she was pulling the whole uh, Cowboy Cerrone when Cowboy was really good and really active. And I think she could beat Tisha Torres. I think Angela is in the prime of her career right now. Tisha may be still in her prime, but might, might be more on the back end of her prime. And I, I think Angela is going to pull off the win here. In the women's strawweight division. Then we have Michael Chisse versus Vincent LeCou. Um I got Michael because again, he dropped down to the welterweight class and he had, I forget who his last fight was. I think maybe it was Kevin Lee or something like that. Um, really good fight, ended up winning. And even though I, this uh, Vincent Lecoux is a very tough opponent. This one has potential to be fight of the night, like all three rounds, non-stop action, maybe some blood, type you know, fight of the night type thing. But I think Michael is going to pull out the wind. Then for the co-main event, we have Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Uh, I still believe Jose is a couple of years past his prime. I think he still could put some good fights on But I think Pedro Munoz Pulls out the win here And maybe even makes Jose Start questioning his future Because I mean If you you can't win the belt What's the point of fighting Why put yourself And your body through that That torture every time So Go with Pedro for the the co-main event In the Bantamweight division Heavyweight division. Like I said, kicking off the segment. believe someone's getting knocked out. This, I, I don't think this can go a long round. And this is also an interim heavyweight title fight because Francis Nagano wants more money. Which I don't blame him. What he makes... Or what UFC fighters, I should say, make compared to just even bare-knuckle BKFC fighters is outrageous. While UFC... And their parent company Make billions of dollars Off of these, these fighters You know, kill themselves um, So this is interim heavyweight title Which is just a glorified Number one contender fight I got Derek Lewis My balls are hot um, With the knockout I think it's going to I think the first round is going to be slow I think they're both going to be Kind of filling each other out Because they're going to be scared uh, Obviously, so you get knocked out But I think the second round, you're going to see an uptick in uh, competition output. And I think Derek Lewis lands one and ends it. Hopefully. So, um, but that is our Combat Corner segment sponsored by BetAngles. Make sure you guys head over to BetAngles.com for all your, your sports bet and live scores and all that stuff. I believe that's going to be it for this week. Uh, make sure you guys head over to sports.net. Follow all of our social media accounts, ST Sports Podcast. Um, is our Twitter one and our Facebook one. As well as up on the on our website up top there is our merch tab if you want to buy a hat, hoodie, whatnot. If you want to help support the show another way, head over to www.buymeacoffee.com slash... ST Sports, and you can buy me a beer. It's only like a dollar, you know? I'd appreciate a dollar beer. And don't forget, Friday, the chase continues for the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series over on YouTube, 3YTV. They're at the Milwaukee Mile. I'm telling you guys, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a hell of a race. I'm not going to miss it. So, till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo signing out.